Welcome back to the Best of Vecina podcast in English. Last week I did my first ever episode in Finnish and my first ever episode with a guest. And I'd love to hear what you guys thought about it, my Finnish listeners, obviously. And if you'd like more episodes in Finnish or if you prefer me to just stick to English, then yeah, just let me know your thoughts about the language because I could definitely do a few episodes in Finnish if that's what you would like or maybe even in Swedish if I have any Swedish listeners there but today's episode is going to be in English and uh, today I'm going to answer your questions just keep in mind again that I'm answering them from my perspective only and based on my experiences and I do not claim myself to be any expert of any kind or any field what I know is my experience my story and I can only speak from that perspective and share based on my experiences what I've gone through what I've heard and what I've seen so today's episode is going to be a Q&A I've been receiving a lot of questions ever since I started the podcast and I love getting them, so please feel free to keep the questions and comments coming in, even if I don't specifically ask for them. We'll see how many questions I can get through, but I'll definitely be making more of these. So I always try to make sure that your questions do get answered. And even if I don't answer them directly in, for example, this Q&A episode, I always try to make sure that they do get answered somehow, maybe indirectly in an episode or within a topic or theme that I talk about. Or if I haven't answered anything yet, then I'm definitely planning on answering that. Okay, first question. Let's pick one from here. Okay, let's do this one. Do you still experience perfectionism and how do you cope with it? The answer to this is yes, I do. Um, It's not anything that will have just magically disappeared overnight because I started doing work around it I think for me it's been more so of a being aware of it and b accepting it and c also instead of trying to get it to disappear trying to kind of be aware of it and aiming towards diminishing it and knowing when it's likely to play around and having some sort of coping mechanisms for it or just being able to identify that this is not rational thinking now this is the perfectionism speaking I don't need to listen to it I don't need to you know think that it's the truth because it's not and also kind of like what's helped me to deal with it is to think that okay I don't know if this is gonna sound too harsh but we are all selfish human beings we're all not only but like primarily concerned about our own insecurities when it comes to things like this nobody else will care if you mispronounce a word if you say something wrong in a presentation if you forget to say something in a presentation if you wear your shirt the wrong way around like nobody will care the same way as you do and nobody else will look at you and think that your failure because you didn't do something I'm doing quote marks here perfectly because well what is that even and if you think about it this way if you see someone whatever situation and whoever it is doing something or doing a mistake I really highly doubt that you think of them as having failed or like it's something to be ashamed of if anything at least I would look at them and 
think, hey, they're only human like I am. And you know what? What a relief that they didn't do it perfectly because nobody can do everything perfectly or maybe anything perfectly. And it's okay. I like Sheryl Sandberg's quote of done is better than perfect because most of the time, if not always, it is. And if I find myself like trying to perfect something small, sometimes it's even an email or a text message and like phrasing it the perfect way and having it in the right paragraphs and like all this crazy attention to detail. I might spend 30 minutes or I might spend one hour trying to get it to be perfect. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. Like it serves its purpose. It says what I needed to say. Like the point is clear. It doesn't matter if it's all in two paragraphs or three paragraphs or, you know, even if it has a typo, it's fine. So I think at least... For me, it's more so about being aware of the perfectionism and knowing it's likely to pop up and then being able to kind of like shut it down. Like, for example, I can share with this podcast for sure the pressure of, again, thinking, oh, I have to create this perfect podcast. Every episode needs to be perfect. It needs to sound perfect. It needs to look perfect. All of that came up as soon as I decided that I was going to start this podcast. And then I started thinking, well, do I like podcasts that are like, edited perfectly, scripted, and all of that. And I'm like, no. And you know what? The first episode, or the trailer, I tried to script. Didn't work out at all. I had to try to record it like over 20 times, and in the end, I couldn't record anything because it just felt too fake and too perfect for me if I was reading something from a piece of paper. Because you know what? If that's how I do it, anyone could do it. Anyone could read that message from a paper. But what makes it more real and what makes it authentic is that, you know what? Maybe I don't say things in the perfect grammar or maybe I mispronounce words in English or I jump back and forth in what I wanted to say and in the topics a little bit. I actually kind of now I try to keep those things in on purpose instead of cutting them out. Because, well, first of all, nobody else will probably even realize that it was something that I didn't think should be included or wasn't going to be this perfect episode. And second of all, it's good practice for me. And it's kind of like how I keep challenging my perfectionism is to just, you know, keep something there that you think is imperfect. If I see a typo in an email and I'm just about to press send, I'll send it anyway. Like small things like that. I'm not now saying you should go out and make mistake after mistake after mistake on purpose, but like try to be a little imperfect at times. You'll see how freeing it is and you'll see that most of the time nothing bad happens. Quite the opposite. I can share some other examples how this has played out recently. Um, I remember before all of this social distancing and when you could still physically go to yoga classes and I was teaching yoga I did a yoga class and I usually plan them quite well and you know I make sure that the temperature in the room is right and the music is good volume and then one time I had forgot to turn my phone off or put it on airplane mode and my phone rang in the middle of a yin yoga class where people are like half asleep and super duper relaxed and it rang quite loudly because my phone was connected to the speakers where the music was coming from. And at first I was like, oh no, how embarrassing. I should know better. I'm the yoga teacher. I tell everyone else to put their phones off and my phone rang. And have I now ruined their calm and their peace and quiet? And, you know, I was like, I should know better. I should have checked. That should have been the first thing I checked. It's usually always the first thing I check that my phone is off. 
and I was kind of like oh my god now everyone is gonna think I'm a bad yoga teacher and they're never gonna come to my classes ever again and yeah you know what it would be ideal that the phone wouldn't ring and I definitely strive to check that my phone is switched off and make sure that it doesn't ring but it happened it was a mistake I lived through it at the end most people came up to me saying it was a really relaxing class nobody brought up that my phone had rang nobody what felt like a very long time was probably like two seconds two seconds of a 90 minute yoga class so my point is that what might feel like the end of the world for you and like the big biggest mistake ever most likely won't be like that for anybody else okay next question how did people close to you relate to your eating disorder well when you had it and what about now this question is or does not have a straightforward answer because it really really depends on the person and maybe the relationship that you have with them and just everyone's own personality and I think it's also important to remember and still emphasize that an eating disorder isn't just a difficult thing for the one going through it it's in a different way just as difficult for the people around him or her and for example just because someone doesn't ask about it first thing doesn't mean that they care any less it might just be their way of communicating or their way of dealing with their emotions or words is completely different because of something that they've gone through or what has shaped them as a person or kind of just like how they deal with things and some are maybe a bit more held back in their actions whereas other people will just say things without thinking twice and well if I think about my friends especially in that age it's a very difficult topic for people to cope with in that age you know as a teenager so yeah I would say that I lost some friends and then maybe years later I reconnected with some of the people and you know then I again maybe lost some friends because of something else and then I found new people in my life it's I guess not just applicable to eating disorders and mental health but you know friends do come and go in your life a little bit and it's not like it's anybody's fault that my friends would have abandoned me or anything I mean I also withdrew from them so it's not always that just because I was sick you should feel sorry for me and I did nothing wrong in my relationships what I think is important when it comes to thinking about the people close to someone with an eating disorder is that you don't have to have the cure the answer you just need to be there like just give them the space and kind of respect that they're going through it and as cliche as it sounds just be there and just kind of create a safe space and just yeah listening if I did want to talk with them which I also didn't always necessarily want to do because sometimes even if the eating disorder was a big 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 part of me and at its worst felt like the only part of me it's very important and refreshing to remember that it isn't the only part of you it's something you're going through now and it's a big thing in your life at that moment but it's not all of you the real you is still there even if you can't hear it or see it 
and maybe you have no idea what you're actually passionate about in life or what you actually enjoy doing because your eating disorder just like determines everything and controls your life. You don't have to necessarily know that, but just know that you're still there. And sometimes it's so refreshing to just talk about the weather, watch a movie, talk about a book, like whatever it is that's not related to your eating disorder and not always have to pour your heart open and talk about your feelings, talk about your anxiety. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about them. Like if you want to talk about them and if you want to talk about them most of the time, then do so. But you don't have to feel obliged to talk about it all the time. It's okay also to kind of switch off from the eating disorder side of you. It's actually not only okay, it's crucial, I think. I think also that when it comes to people close to someone with an eating disorder, I think it's important that they also know that there's support out there for them and they're also entitled for support because it is also very, very tough on them. When it comes to the other part of the question of how people close to me relate to or react to it now, I would say it's not something that I really talk about with my friends or family I don't really have the need to talk about it because it's so refreshing to not have to talk about it anymore because it's not an issue and not have to live through it every single day. And well, then I can answer another question actually here directly because it's going a little bit into that topic now. People have been asking, is it not difficult to bring up all that stuff about your eating disorder? And are you afraid that it keeps me in the eating disordered world? To this, the answer is Yes, it is at times very difficult and I often don't really realize it while I'm talking about it or when I'm recording. I usually kind of realize it a long time or a short time after. I'm a bit like, whoa, I shared a lot there and I might feel really exhausted after I've recorded a podcast episode and I'm like, why? But I just want to point out to the people out there thinking that they maybe want to share their story, but it's very difficult and how did I have the courage to share mine also bear in mind that it's like 10 years since I lived through it or lived through the worst part of it it took a long time before I was even willing to think about actually speaking about it out loud I always knew that I wanted to share and I wanted to talk about it one day but I was kind of always saying one day when I feel strong enough and in a way where I can speak about it like very neutrally and objectively almost it's also okay not to share your story at all i know a lot of people with eating disorders feel um like they want to and they often volunteer a little i also started with that and it's a beautiful thing to do but it's it's not a requirement if you've gone through an eating disorder or any other challenge it's a wonderful thing if you want to help but you also don't have to feel bad if you don't and if you feel like you don't have the strength for it because it is very emotionally tough work. For me, it's about kind of being aware of that and ensuring I take breaks and I take time off and I switch off. Then that allows me to have the energy to keep doing it. The other part of the question that I wanted to answer was whether I'm kind of afraid of staying in the eating disordered world by speaking about it. And the answer to this is simple. It's actually quite the opposite speaking about it from a place that's so far away from when I was kind of living through the things that I speak about now it just 
emphasizes for me that I'm not in that world and I'm not dealing with the eating disorder, if that makes sense. And speaking about it like this kind of reminds me that I did overcome it. And yes, I did go through it, but it's a story in my past. And I don't mind speaking about it, especially if I also remember to kind of have my own boundaries and look after myself of knowing when it gets too much and realizing that I can't be everyone's therapist, I can't heal everyone. You know, of course, that comes up a little bit when I get very touching messages. And, you know, I love receiving them. I think it's really good for you as you write them out, you know, whether you write it to me or you just write it for you on a piece of paper. I think it's there's a lot of power in writing things down. And no matter how much I told myself before this that I'm not going to emotionally drain myself with anyone else's stories, it's of course easier said than done. And with this, I don't mean at all that you should stop the questions or the stories coming in, not at all. Okay, let's move on. Um, Here's a question related to getting treatment. And to sum it up, it's essentially asking me to talk about the fear that comes with getting treatment or going into treatment. I mean, I think it's natural to be scared. And the first thing that I would say here is tell someone that you're scared. Tell your friend, tell your parents, tell the people that are going to be treating you, your doctor, nutritionist, therapist, school nurse, tell them that you're a bit nervous and you're scared and it's going to be tough. Nobody will expect that you'll do a miraculous recovery overnight and that it's just going to be smooth dancing and like a piece of cake. People treating eating disorders should know based on their experience and they will have seen that it takes a long time and if you tell them that you're nervous or you're scared it's not like they're gonna turn their backs on you and tell you that you're not entitled to treatment quite the opposite it actually builds a good foundation and like a relationship with the people that are treating you and it's good that they know if you're feeling a little uneasy about it which probably everybody will do and also try to remember maybe that while recovering from an eating disorder is fully possible it's not easy and the steps into a recovered life aren't going to be easy and like it's a cold hard unfortunate fact that the steps you need to take will be very difficult and you will feel very anxious maybe kind of try to remind yourself that every time that you feel so anxious and like your world is collapsing and you've lost control and horrible things will happen, you're actually one step closer to having beaten your eating disorder. Like seriously, I promise. Every time that you challenge your eating disorder, of course you'll feel anxious because it might feel like you're kind of stepping out of that comfort zone and that control, but that's exactly what you need to do. Also, being able to voice these anxieties is, I think, really important, whether it's to a close one or, you know, the people that are mainly involved in your treatment. Here's a yoga-related question. What's the best way to get into yoga as a very unflexible, never-tried-yoga-before person? Ooh, I love this. So, you don't need to be flexible 
to do yoga. Actually, if you keep practicing yoga, you'll eventually become more flexible, but you don't have to be flexible to practice or to give it a go. I think remember that the first times will most likely always feel a little strange. And even if I don't practice yoga for a long time, the first time that I practice doesn't always feel great. It's a bit like I feel stiff and and yeah, it's just not as nice as it maybe usually is. So I think that's the case with everything or whichever kind of not even necessarily a sport, but any hobby that you try for the first time. It's always going to feel a little bit strange. Try to find the right style for you and maybe give it a go first from home. I've spoken about this before, but my absolute recommendation would be a yoga channel called Yoga with Adrian. That's actually how I also started getting more into yoga. But if you want to go to a yoga class, well, now I think you might have to do it virtually anyway. But it's also there about finding the right teacher for you and the right style for you. And even if you decide to do one style of yoga, for example, a flow class, If you have 10 teachers, they will all do a different type of yoga class and just have different energies and kind of like, yeah, you'll just have different chemistry with them. So it's kind of finding the right people for you. Like for me, it was definitely the first yoga teacher that I really resonated with. And then Yoga with Adrian through YouTube that helped me to like like it more because I like the teachers. And just start very, very slowly and don't put a goal that you have to do it now every single day. Maybe try once a week or maybe you know try first once a month or something like very small and then slowly start building up from there and yeah just leave that idea behind that you have to you know do splits and and be in a headstand and all of that aside like that's not actually what yoga is about even though that might look like it if you've just seen it on social media but it's actually not what it's about I'm realizing that this episode is getting quite long again and it feels like I've been speaking for like seven minutes but it's definitely been a lot more than that. So I think I'm gonna choose my final question and again don't worry if I haven't answered your question. I will answer it in the future in another episode or on social media or in some shape or form. Here's for example ha. Um, a very relevant question for now. How have your eating habits changed in quarantine? We actually discussed this a lot in the previous episode in Finnish with the lovely, lovely, lovely Katri from, I guess in English it would translate to the Finnish Eating Disorder Association. And she had some very, very good things to say about this. So I'm gonna translate what she said and quote her wisdom. Try to maintain as regular of an eating routine or behavior as possible or kind of try to maintain what it used to be like before and there's no need to have to change it just because you're maybe you know being at home and not moving as much as you used to we still need food we still all need energy and most of us are experiencing some shape or form of increased stress right now for whatever reason however this pandemic is affecting their lives, the last thing that you need to do is to add anxiety or stress or fear of how you eat or what you can eat or what you cannot eat on top of that. And it's okay to eat 
like you used to or eat more than you used to when you were living a more active or you know a different routine or everyday life I think the worst thing that you can start doing is to restrict yourself both physically and emotionally you know I'm not gonna start comparing or ever disclosing what I eat in a day or or how often I eat this or that or but what I can say is that if anything during this time I eat more treats than I used to before because it I love baking it makes me happy I love candy and because there are other things in life that easily drag me down right now understandably you know small things like eating my favorite candies every day picks me up hugely or eating ice cream in bed before I go to sleep makes me happy so why wouldn't I do it and you know you can do this every day not just during this time or not during the time before or after there are no rules and I think that's the important thing to remember and what I did want to say that we spoke about in the previous episode with Katri is that if you do feel anxious about your eating now or if you feel like you're going towards that unhealthy behavior then also it's okay like you shouldn't give yourself a hard time because of that be aware of it and maybe think how you could try to take those thoughts and that behavior and that pattern into a healthier approach or turn it into something else it's very normal that when there are so many things in the world right now that are out of your control not just in your life but in the whole world then of course it's easy to think that you have this one thing that you can control, which might be your eating or it might be something else, then you're going to control that. And while that's not anything to strive for or a place that you should stay at, don't give yourself a hard time if you find yourself having kind of fallen back into that behavior. Show compassion to yourself. You're only human. We all go through ups and downs. And also a big thing here, while it's not directly related to your eating, I still do want to say that be very, very aware of your social media and who you follow there and what you follow there. And don't be afraid to unfollow accounts that put out content, whether it's related to food or to exercise or to just other productive things in their life. And you notice that you start comparing yourself or they just like drag you down and you feel like you should also be doing what they do and all of that. You know what? Unfollow that. You don't need that in your life right now. And you don't have to feel bad about unfollowing them. Or if you don't want to unfollow them, you can just mute them from their accounts so you don't see their posts. So with these words and with these answers, I'm going to start wrapping it up for this week. Just to emphasize still once more that remember that these answers are not a fact or coming from an expert of one field it's just me Bettina sharing my experience and sharing answers that are applicable to my story and drawing on what I've gone through and what I've experienced and what I've seen I hope you like this episode and if you have someone close to you that you feel could benefit from this episode or this podcast please do share it with them and keep your lovely messages and questions and comments coming in i love receiving them the best place that you can send them is on instagram at best of Bettina. and make sure that we're connected there if we're not already and yeah we'll be back next week 